once again to uh, Grandview Baptist Church. Um, an announcement that I see there was not a slide rolling. We are planning for a trip to Israel, to the Holy Land, and, you know, hopefully we'll get it done sometime within the next couple of years. And I wanted to give enough time for people to try to save some money. But as, that, as things advance in the world, they may, that option may no longer be feasible for a long time. So, um, if you would like to participate, please contact Cheryl in the office and let us know because it does make a difference on how small or big that trip is. But, uh, you know, I've heard from some of you that, you know, not that you want to kick the bucket, so don't be afraid, but many of you have said that uh, it's in your bucket list to probably go see the Holy Land and where Jesus has walked and what's done. And if that's something that the Lord puts on your heart, uh, please contact Cheryl or myself. Write us an email and let us know if you would like to be part of that trip. And we will try to get the ball rolling. Obviously, there's other things in the life of the church and where we are that will be more important. But nonetheless, this is of importance. And if you, you we know that it's not a very inexpensive trip but we know that the lord is a provider so um yes let's uh, pray about that and see if the lord leads you uh, for us to go and see some of those things uh, i believe personally that it will be very encouraging and uplifting uh, to your faith uh, to actualize uh, what we read and put a place and see uh, see that um this is not just a mental exercise or information, but the God, the Father, has broken into our history with very beautiful things that uh, we can still uh, recollect. And pray about it and uh, see where the Lord leads you, and please get in touch with us and let us know. As we quiet our hearts, let's come in prayer before the Lord as we look to approach his word. Dear Father, once again, we are blessed to call you Daddy. Not because we're worth it. Not because we deserve it. But because of the blood of the Lamb. But because we have a high priest before you. But because we have an advocate next to you on our behalf. It is not out of pride, arrogance that we approach you. But it is through his work and through your grace and your love that we can be here secure today. That we can find our refuge. That we can have our lighthouse be blessed by your presence. So Lord, today, it's not just any other Sunday because not a moment in your presence is routine, but it is wonderful. So Lord, we expect for your wonderful voice to write on the tablets of our hearts and minds today. Also, Lord, let your Holy Spirit Work within us as we are going to examine ourselves before coming to partake communion and be at your table. So be with us, guide us, illuminate us, and teach us. In Jesus' name we ask, Father. Amen. Usually, we have a Bible reading plan, and if you're new with us, they're in the back of our church. You can gather them, and usually uh, on Wednesday evenings, on our Sunday school time and the sermon time, uh, we try to teach out of the previous week's reading. Uh, but every Sunday of every first month, we have been going through uh, spiritual formation disciplines. 
to help us in our responsibility as spiritual uh, uh, people. Now, there's nothing you and I can do to be born again or born of the Spirit of God. There is nothing you and I can do to be clothed with power from on high. Uh, this is the work of the Spirit. And you say, well, what is then our role as spiritual beings? Our role is to continually seek to be filled with the Spirit and to be formed by the Spirit of God into the image of Christ. And that's why we have taken this time. Right now, as it is our custom, and as it's been since the Lord gave it to the Israelites, part of coming to the, together before uh, Him to worship Him was the corporate reading of God's Word. So if you could please join me and read with me today uh, the Scripture reading. Please stand up if you're able. Uh, let's read in unison God's Word. Now, you, you guys know that this is one of my favorite passages since I've asked you to memorize it. Uh, Luke 9, 23. And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me, of my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Thank you. You may be seated. <clears throat> Please, let's move to the next slide. So we have been going through disciplines. We have come to, I believe this would be the seventh discipline that we're going to cover. And it deals with living a life of submission. As I've said earlier, I did not choose this on purpose because there's some confusion and overlap between independence and submission. And there's some relationship uh, between that, but... Those spiritual disciplines that we need to have in our relationship with God, some of them are daily. Some of them are continual, like we haven't gone through that, but living the path of prayer, that is a lifelong process that until we see our Father and our Lord face to face, it will continue to be a reality for us as His children. Feeding on God's Word, that ought to be on a regular daily basis as you can see, Pastor, I can see you know how to eat. Let's not forget that there's also spiritual feeding. So feeding on God's word. Let's move to the next slide. Also, we have gone over living in the power of your baptism, celebrating the Lord's table, feeding on God's word, as we said, walking in the spirit of forgiveness, Something that was very hard in today's day and age and culture. Maintaining integrity of heart. And last month we look abiding in the fullness of the spirit. As we're constantly harassed by our flesh and polluted by this world. Today we're going to look at living a life of submission. Now most people don't like the word Submission. Oh, no one said life. Uh, you know, people don't say they don't like the word life. And they don't like the word living. I wonder if, uh, you know, we put two good words to kind of mask one word that has a bad connotation. Um, you know, I'm so glad that uh, we try to stay positive. But nonetheless, living a life of submission is something that it's not very welcomed. Is submission something that's welcome in our society today? We can't even submit to the celestial order of how God has created and is creating. We have certain states where parents can no longer put the sex of their child on the 
birth certificate on how God's made that child be. We make that a choice. This is attacking the reality of submission. So everywhere you look, you cannot take submission apart because it's in every faucet of something that we cannot get away. What's something that is very hard to get away from? The Spirit of God. David said, well, if I go all the way to the depths of hell, will he be away from God? No. No. Into the highest of heaven, you'll be there too. But what does that mean? You cannot live outside of being in a relationship. When you say the word relationship, at any level, a level of submission will come about. Henry Frederick Emil said, The man must be patiently cultivated to produce a wise man. And the wise man must be tested and tried if he's to become righteous. And the righteous man must have submitted to the will of God for his individual will if he is to become a godly man. A principle that one of my favorite pastors said, As disciples of Jesus, we have been called to the one who, being in the form of God, did not consider it something to be held onto to be equal with God, but taking the form of a servant, humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. The pathway of biblical surrender is not only to yield to Christ as Lord, but also to follow him as the servant who came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, do you like why, do you now know why this discipline of spiritual formation is now well liked or received? Because it is very unnatural for us to live a life of submission. What is the practice? Few ideas concerning discipleship in Christ have been more distorted than the concept of submission. We are never called to a reduced existence. Instead, we are called to a liberating refusal of a carnal insistence on my own rights. I hope that in your relationship with Jesus, you have come to this place to enjoy looking at yourself and say, oh, you like that? Let's go through the suffering. I'm not giving you that. Praise be to the Holy Spirit and the work of Christ who has empowered us to cut the chain of sin and put us into this situation where we can deny self. As the Lord said, if you would come after me, deny self. It is very nice to see that this is something that we learn how to do through an object called suffering. How many of you enjoy saying no to your wants and desires? Nobody raises their hands? Now you understand why this is not a popular topic, living a life of submission. Why this is made as a spiritual discipline. When one thinks of submission, 
he is inclined to think of situation when one is exploited or manipulated or dominated over. Is that really what God teaches us about submission and the submission is? And that's why we will have to dig a little bit deeper. But before we do that, let's go move to the next slide. And let's be aware of something that can confuse us with the term. Because you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Submission protects us from me saying, oh, I'm a free person in Christ and now I can do whatever I like. Is that the type of freedom that the blood of Christ brings? In the name of Christ, let me gratify myself. You guys are shaking your heads, but you know, as you can see, when Ed leads, there's a certain flavor of the songs. When the younger people lead, there's another flavor of the song. No, we do like, at the very least, let's call it personal preference. We do. Let's, let's not be fools in thinking likewise. Freedom, it is not given for edification of self or the promotion. Some people use it, oh, this is now my chance to promote my thoughts, my ideas, my feelings. Do you think Jesus Christ came so he can release you, so you can be promoted? Actually, submission doesn't necessarily speak of promotion. Then why do we do that? I want to ask you, do you know who put that quote there? We are all pencils in the hand of a writing God who is sending love letters to the world. Anybody knows who wrote that? I'll give you a hint, even though I'm not into Catholic theology. And she was a woman, so that should give you an answer. Mother Teresa, yes. Mother Teresa wrote this. She said, we are all pencils in the hand of a writing God who is sending love letters to the world. Now, some of you may like that, may not like that, but, you know, she... You know, whether her theology was great or not, but she did, uh, she did try to be a hands-on uh, hands person with the poor and afflicted, and especially the people who suffered from... Anyone? Who did she have a heart suffer? The lepers. The leprous. Just by the mere fact of walking with the leprous, you need a heightened level of submission. First to your own nose, rotten flesh, stinks, guys. And then to your eyes. By the power of a life, they can overcome that. Understanding freedom that supports submission needs to come from the Word of God because as you can see, it does not come in a way that can originate from our nature. So that's why it's a spiritual discipline and we have to routinely understand to keep it under observance as we have a relationship with the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's move to the next slide. When the centurion had heard that Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the, but the centurion replied, Lord, I am, not, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And if I say to one, go, and he goes, and to, 
to another come and he comes and to my servant do this and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, Truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. Unto the centurion, Jesus said, Go, let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. In Greek, the word for submission that we translate is, anyone knows it? Uptaso. This word is translated as submission about 40 plus times and to be subject about 150 times in the New Testament. But the reason why this story is a good definition of that, the reality of that word is because it's related to a military term. Now we know some of you serve in the military and you understand that reality, but submission speaks of rank. Submission speaks of a certain design and order for the greater good of everybody. You know, I am so glad that at least we didn't get into the debacle where we have people suing, oh, I'm not right because I'm a lieutenant and he's a captain. Let me go sue because this is, this is improper and it's not right uh, and this is discriminatory. How can he be a captain and I'm a lieutenant? When's the last time you saw that lawsuit? Do they let you do that? You haven't sued your superior just because he's a general and you're not? Interestingly enough, we don't do that, but we respond with abomination when we say, your design is not good. That's what the Bible calls an abomination. Not only rebellion to God, but offending God by telling him his design is not good. That's the, re that's the de definition of abomination above and beyond a sin or transgression. Not only do you rebel and go against, but you offend him, and that becomes an abomination. There aren't too many of us who are readily answering to this discipline. Now, I know I don't have the resources but do you know what a great exercise for a church would be if I would be a better pastor? Is to ask the ushers to not let people in. And at the beginning of the service, to tell them, you have to take them each to their own seat. Make sure you come to the front and don't let them in the seat that they've sat for the last 20 years or 30 or 40. See, people are laughing. Because they don't like the usher to tell them where they sit. You know, when I was in a larger church visiting, and here comes this multi-multi-billionaire industrialist, and he hasn't been, you know, to the Lord for a long time, and the ushers tell him where to sit. For months it bothered him. Because he usually tells people what to do and when and where. So the Lord was already working through this very action in the church to teach him a living a life of submission. Who's this usher telling me where to sit and where? But believe it or not, you don't have to be an industrial uh, revolutionist and, and very wealthy and, and uh, to be at the top of what we call the world to do that. I just wanted to do that in the church and look at the faces of the people. As they come in, it would have been very joyous to me to see that. But unfortunately, I don't have the manpower to do that to you. I don't. And then I wouldn't look, nowhere to look, because you're not sitting in the same place as you usually do. But no, there are not too many of us who are readily 
willing to acknowledge our need for the discipline of submission. In fact, of most today's church, many have almost sanctified the notion of autonomy, of independence, that I can just do whatever I want because of my freedom in Christ. Now, I have to be very careful to say this because I was raised Baptist and we're in a Baptist church. And when something they don't like or something goes astray where you say, oh, it's not of the Lord's word, do you know what is our expression of not living a life of submission? Where we each autonomous. So each church can do what they think it fits them and they see fit. We have to be careful because there is only one body. Sometimes our rules and regulations are simply noteworthy to see that we are not trying to break God's design of order. I feel bad if Apostle Paul were around and he went to a church to exercise his authority and some things happened and then he went to another and said, well, we're not doing this. We're, we're congregational-led. You were able to do that because they were different. A life of submission that's been ignored has created, even the church, quite a bit of division and problems over the centuries. So the, the ignorance of this has hurt the church. What else can it hurt? Your own walk with the Lord. Do you think it can hurt marriages? Do you think it can hurt parent-child relationships? When you speak about relationship... If you ignore God's designed order and model, there's a level of rebellion that no longer holds to submission. Anyway, I don't want to speak too much on it. But some people say, you know, I've heard people say to me, well, God is no respecter of persons. And I'm important to God as anyone else. There's not much I can say. I observe that there's, there's a need in this person's life for submission. But I can't really help them. Because it is the Holy Spirit that needs to trigger surrender. It is the Holy Spirit that needs to teach them once again... How to deny self and pick up their cross. So the reality to a life of submission cannot be taken apart from the reality of who Jesus is and the role that he has for you as you follow him. Now speaking about freedom, yes, we're freed from practicing sin. And breaking the powers of sin. You're, we're freed, you know, uh, we're freed from smallness of soul. And we're also free to a concept that it's damaging because it's in, in our society is very well accepted. Here's, I like the way it's being put here. We're freed from a lone ranger kind of independence. Do you understand what a lone ranger? They even made a movie about the lone ranger. And I used to love it. The song, the white horse. Was it a white horse or a silver horse or white horse from what I remember? I mean, I was a kid, so I don't remember that well. But, but, you know, we like that, but that's not really the picture that needs to come out. Living a life of submission proposed that God could, in fact, use other people to teach me. And makes us accountable to others voluntarily. So the centurion understood. 
I'm placed in this ranking order. I'm following orders. The people below me follow orders. This is how it works. What does that scream out? Submission is both claiming authority and understanding design. If you're not under submission, people don't realize that you're inadvertently rejecting authority. Well, say, well, no, 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 Jesus Christ is Lord. Well, why do you do what you want to do then? Why are you giving me your ideas then? So, People will be offended if you tell them that they're meddling with the lordship of Christ in their life. And that's because of a problem of me, myself, and I that it's expressed through pride and control. So they'll be offended. But if you say, well, you know, they'll give you excuses if you talk about submission. But you can't really tear them apart. So the first problem that the centurion is so blessed by Jesus to say, I have not found such faith in Israel because that faith gave him vision into the design that Israel did not have. Submission will begin to unlock the source of our authority, the power. You, do you think you have Do you feel like you're weakened in your marriage? You're weakened in your relationship with children? You're weakened in relationships that you have? It's because the level of submission that releases authority in your life is not quite right. And you're basing that relationship on something else. The faith and the submission the centurion had released a miraculous that was above and beyond what the Israelites could even experience. Come to, my, to my, come to my home, lay your hands and pray, which was in the Levitical laws for a teacher, for a rabbi to do. Yes, it was miraculous, but it was more understandable by the human mind. But this great faith went even further and released something even greater where just by the words, not even the presence, understanding the design of God released this type of a miracle to which the Israelites would have never even conceived. So submission automatically is a blessing for a pastor because it tells me that that person has faith and has what? Accepted design. You don't have to wonder if Jesus, they believe in Jesus or if Jesus is Lord. Their life of submission will testify to that. Let's move to the next slide. Submit yourselves, therefore, to Christ, and this is the Greek word, to God. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Does that leave anyone out? Just wanted to show you that word being used. Let's go to the next slide. But we have no greater example than our Lord Jesus. As Jesus walked with the Father, he's the perfect example. Have this mind among yourselves. Which is yours in Christ. Why is this a discipline? Have your mind. Have this mind among yourself which is yours in Christ. So just as you have received. Colossians 2, 6, 7. I keep saying it till you memorize. Just as you have received Jesus Christ. So walk in him. The beautiful thing after salvation is this journey in the life of Christ, in the in abundant life. 
which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus... Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Did his submission release authority? Aren't you glad that all authority was released upon Jesus Christ? He is the model of a life of submission. What kind of a life of submission? One of humility where redemption was able to be released. We're going to come to that a little bit later. Let's move to the next slide. Semantics of submission, we'll go quickly about to submit, subject, denotes, order, place, and rank. English terms that we use are being obedient or, more, or yielding, or more commonly we use surrendering to God's will. One, one area of submission that is hard for us within, uh, within our mentality and, and society to understand is the idea of a covering, which we understand very wrongly many times. But the covering is a, a term that relates to submission. So when you understand the spiritual idea of covering, we will not become legalistic about certain parts of the Bibles for which many have over the years. But this covering in relationship to relationships and submission is one yielding to another's overseeing loving authority. For example, under whose covering was Timothy and Titus serving? Paul's. Today, people will feel ashamed to serve under someone's covering. But we do nonetheless. What is the covering for your pastors? Well, what is the diploma on the wall? What is the, the body that ordained them? So basically you have two diplomas. Can two diplomas account for something in one's life? Well, yeah, it's much easier for us to have that covering because it's much harder to understand calling. Do you th which one do you think will make one a pastor a calling that is exercised and moving into or schooling and two diplomas on the wall. But it's much harder to measure because that comes within the rank and reality of God's design. So another form of fake submission is replacing God's design with something in our realm to replace it. Or to say, oh, it symbolizes the same thing. Very, very careful for us. Submission gets to very many different levels. We just went through Ruth. Did she take the blanket off Boaz's feet? You understand that covering now that she's yielding to someone's authority? Now this gets the ball rolling for Ruth. Okay, let's go to the next slide. Significance of submission. All sin is the result of rejecting one's place in God's order of things. Let's go to the top. Lucifer, I will... Ascend. 
The debacle started with, I will ascend. What is the subject? I. How can we use I in front of God? In the presence of God who is at the center of all things. That exaltation of God and that claim. What about us, Adam? Seeking knowledge not intended for him. What is the significance of submission? It brought about, unfortunately, the condition of the world that we know. The spiritual warfare that we have a hard time understanding. All redemption is an outcome of continuous submission of whom? Of the Son, Jesus Christ. What are some major things? His incarnation, as we saw in Philippians. His identification with man. His suffering life. And his death. So if we follow the submission model of our Lord Jesus Christ, is it a pleasant one for life? No. But the highest human destiny is to remove, being removed from bringing bondage to sin and your own flesh, this world and the enemy, and experiencing all things in subjection under him. Why is this important for us to preach and for you to live? Because I don't want church to become an information center. And I'm telling you, this is vital for your life. If you claim to have a relationship with Jesus, and we pastors are very good at telling you that you need one, but we're very bad at telling you how. We're becoming hypocritical. That's why I'm bringing those spiritual disciplines to help you in the how. To help you in the how. Take a life of submission very carefully so you can be blessed with the abundant life that will be released from the life you have hidden with Christ on high. It will be an escape to your own self. Have you realized that you need an escape from your own self? That's why Jesus says, deny self. This is the only way now. We come to churches and we talk about children and young people. They have knowledge. But do you know what they tell me? Well, they need to experience God. Do you know what they're telling me? Can you make them experience God without submission? This is what they want. Can, can my children, can my youth experience God without submission? Is that even right for us to expect or ask? Should we... Do you know what we're really saying? The design Jesus is showing us is not good. It's another level of not being submissive. The design that Jesus took from the throne before the Father, before us, is showing us. We'll say, well, he just needs that before he goes to college. And when I was in very affluent churches where you know, most of the people had multiple graduate level degrees and were millionaires and you know, their kids are going to very expensive and good schools. And they asked me, well, this is what they need. I would say, could you please orient your kid to go serve with YWAM for a year on the mission field and surrender that part of life and then think about and pray about college? Oh, well, they're set on a path to become a doctor, and how can they take a year off? Or if you go in certain places, no, there's basketball camp, and people are coming to get Division I scholarships. Oh, really? Depending when you are, people twist and 
literally what they're doing it. I just don't like submission. If you have kids, maybe you've noticed it once or twice in your life as a parent. Let's move to the next slide. I don't have time, so I'm just going to say them. But there's submission that we need to have to God the Father and to truth. That's pretty clear. That's why we claim that the Word of God is the final authority in all matters of life and faith. There ought to be submission to the body of Christ. This is when it becomes tricky. Why it does become tricky? Because we like to have our input and our design. Jesus is the head of the church. And yes, I know I'm not supposed to speak this in a Baptist church, but it's in the Bible, so it supersedes uh, the Baptist. There's local eldership, right? And be believe it or not, you need to be in submission either to other individuals of Christ's body. What does it say about you who are younger versus the ones who are older? You who are younger, respect your elders. This is prevalent in our churches today. Young people can flock to learn from the older people. Haven't you noticed? They're so attractive. Our young men and young women, they're so attractive. And our young wives and their you know, husbands, they're so attractive to the elderly in the church. It's unbelievable. Parents. We are, we're called to be submissive to parents. Something we don't like, but we're called to also be submissive to civil authorities. Did the apostles listen to the civil authorities about not preaching Christ? It's not right for us to disobey God rather than men. They were not submissive to that, but they submitted to being flogged. See, no one points the other submission. They submitted willingly to be flogged and beaten. It's not easy for that reality. People don't speak about that reality. Everyone will say, look how they didn't submit. Yeah, it's right. We cannot submit to the authorities in the fact that it will tell us to do something against the word of God or what God wants. That's very clear. But have you had pastor preaching about the fact that they submitted to be flogged? That's something that's not you don't like to hear. But I'm going to tell you whether you like it or not. Hey, guess what? You have to have submission to employers. Yeah, but I don't like my boss. Yeah, but I want to take his place. Did Jesus show submission before Pilate? And we're talking Jesus here. You would have not had this authority had it not been given to you from Wow. It starts in the small little things. Saying no. Suffering. The road of suffering of denial self is the beginning of an abundant life that Jesus wants to bestow upon you. And we have so many people in the church that have the knowledge but have not started this road. And I'm not talking about people in the world. I'm talking about people in the world. So you can take this lesson and say, oh, it was a boring, long message. It was pretty pathetic. It was topical. It wasn't our regular verse by verse through the Bible. But it is a tool for you to practice in your walk with the Lord daily. I'm telling you, the Lord said it is daily. 
If you would come after me, deny self, pick up your cross daily. Submission by default of ours being followers of Jesus Christ. It's a discipline that we have to be attentive on a daily basis to. Submission. And you'll be glad because your flesh will tell you and won't like it. But you'll grow in that power. In the road of suffering and denying your wants and selves. And in a few years or weeks you won't even recognize yourself. Your bodies won't recognize you. What happened to my body that was addicted to video games? Hey, what happened to you? What happened to my drinking body? What happened to my gossiper friend lady? We turned every stone in the church. Let's talk about something else. What's happening in your church? Do you think this is a spiritual discipline? Living a life of submission? I believe so. Let's go to the last slide. All life of submission is not guided by being cowardly. I don't have time to go into that. We're out of time. It's also not supporting a spirit of confusion. A spirit of submission is also not contentions. As I looked, a spirit of submission is not comparatively competitive. Well, there's churches who are doing better than us. Do you know what happens when I find a preacher I like to listen to? Oh, man, I, I send him money. I pray that his, he'll be fruitful. I'm not in competition. I, you know, it should be the same for you and I with the churches around. But it's in our nature to compare ourselves and to have a competitive edge. But that works against submission. like a young man who come to me I'm looking for a wife and my one prerequisite is that she's good looking and she says I only have one I want to say well I won't be the one marrying you just because of what you just told me but I don't want to say that to them I'm thinking well he claims to have Christ what I need to know now he thinks he's seeing me because he needs to get married I'm thinking, wow, he's so wrong. He needs to surrender his life to the Lord. Marriage will come afterwards. It's the same with us. First thing of order is learning submission and how to deny self and carry the cross in a real practice relationship daily with Jesus. Let's bow our heads and pray. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you for this day.